Sounds a little awkward, huh? It's kind of hard to deal with. I know some of you guys, um, you find yourself in those conversations that you don't really want to be in. You're talking to somebody that you're just not clicking, and then that awkward silence comes in, and you're just desperate for anything to talk about. <laughs> and that's just when you start looking around, and you're like, oh, it's, it's hot, huh? It's hot outside. <laughs> See beads of sweat coming down your face. And then you start to like freak out a little bit because it's just getting really awkward. We are a people and we are a culture and a society that does not do well with silence. We do not do well with stillness and, and being quiet. You know, we're, we're a people who have embraced noise. And when I say noise, I'm not just talking about like audio noise, I'm talking about like visual noise and just distraction, just, just noise in general. We're, we're a culture that's embraced noise as an intricate part of our life. And we've, we've been in this series about rest called The Rest of Your Life, and we've been, we've been talking about how God, he, he kind of set up our world to, to, be, <coughs> to be a world where, where we, we're supposed to embrace Sabbath where he's, he's made it a part of our life that we need to slow down, where we need to break. And so we've kind of spent the last few weeks just talking about what it looks like to be a people of rest, what it looks like to be a people of Sabbath. Um, actually, there was this um, magazine that I saw, and I thought it was kind of ironic. I've got a picture of it. You can throw it up there for me. It's this magazine where this guy, he, he took some time to unplug. He, he, he took some time in his life to um, just kind of step away from things. And I thought it was so funny. It was the hashtag unplug. I just thought that was so ironic that, um, yeah, go online and talk about how you're going to unplug. And it was just seemed so interesting to me. But, but we are a people who have embraced noise of all kinds around us. And, and, and it's, it's kind of hard to, to find rest when there's noise blasting at you. From every direction, whether it's your radio or whether it's just billboards on the side of the road or TV or, you know, whatever the noise in your life is, I know you all have it. And it's hard to find rest when that noise is blasting at you. I uh, lived in this house in, in uh, Los Angeles where, where I did school, and um, it was in this really nice neighborhood in the hills. Um, and so, to be honest, it was a really big house, and it was a house that I could not afford to live in. Um, the only reason that I could afford to live there is that I lived with seven other guys, which a lot of you are just like, dear God, you lived with seven people. Um, they were all traveling a lot, so it wasn't that crazy, but we lived up on this hill in just really big, nice houses. Like from our back porch, we saw downtown LA. From our front porch, we saw the Hollywood sign. It was just like kind of unreal. And so our neighbors, they were just rich folk, and we were just like seminary students that just really shouldn't be living there. And so I would talk to my neighbors and I'd, we'd begin to talk. They're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a producer or I work with these people, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what do you do? And at the time I was a janitor at a church part-time. And so they'd be like, yeah, I'm a producer. What do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a janitor part-time. And they're just like, look at me. They're like, why do you live here? Like, how do you live next to me? And so I just did not fit in. I don't know if you ever felt that where you're like, man, I'm just you know, I don't belong here. But, you know, it's super nice neighbors. And the thing is, they would always have parties, and they would invite us over, which I enjoy a good party. Um, I, enjoy, I enjoy parties quite a bit. So there was this one party that I was at. I was enjoying myself. You know, it's kind of one of those, 
I probably had some of those awkward conversations where you're just talking and then you realize like they do something way cooler than I do and so there's like this awkward silence and they're like, oh, like what kind of broom do you use? And so it just, <laughs> it didn't really go well. And so I like to party, but the older I get, um, I just find out that I am, um, I'm just perpetually sleepy. Uh, anytime the sun goes down, I'm, I'm ready for a nap. And so... Um, I'm at this party, and it's good, and it's a good time, and it's hitting around 12 o'clock, and I'm having a really nice time, but what sounds more exciting to me than being at this L.A. party is my bed that is, like, just a block away from me, and I'm like, man, my bed sounds really good, so I'm just going to peace out right now, and so it's around 12 o'clock. I go home. I'm ready to go to sleep, and so I'm in bed, and and the party is literally right next to my window, and it is so loud, and it, you know, the time goes on, and I can't sleep. It's 12.30, it's 1 o'clock, it's 1.30. The noise is blaring, and it's blasting at me, and I can't find rest, and so we hit about 2 o'clock, and at about 2.30, it's still going. Like, there is no sign that this party is going to ease up, and I have this really huge moment in my life when I realized that my youth had died. Um, I picked up my phone and I begin to dial this number, 911. And I'm, I'm sitting there with my phone and I'm just like, dear God, I'm about to call the police <laughs> to have them come and shut down this party. And it's not a party of strangers. Like I have friends that are still at that house and I'm about to call the police and say, please come and shut them up. And I'm, and I'm there holding on to my phone and I just realized if I press call, if I press call, my youth has died. <laughs> and I was heartbroken and I couldn't do it. And so I turned my phone off and I suffered. And so that party probably went on for another hour or so and Oh, I was mad. I was very mad and probably said words I shouldn't say out loud. Um, but you can't sleep. You can't rest when there's noise blasting at you. It's almost impossible. And so today I want to talk about rest, but I want to talk about a different kind of rest that we've been talking about. It's, it's not necessarily the kind of rest understood with physical sleep or, 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 the, or the kind of rest that's understood with, with relaxing. Although that's a huge part of what I want to talk about today. It's, it's the kind of rest I want to talk about is the kind of rest that we carry with us everywhere we go. Like at any given moment in your life, <clears throat> what is, what's your typical state? Like what's your typical state of mind or, or your state of body or, 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 or state of spirit? Like would you describe yourself as a person who is at rest? Throughout your day, in your typical situations, would you be able to describe yourself that I am a person who is at rest? Are you at rest with who you are? Are you at rest with the current circumstances that are in your life? Are you at rest with fill in the blank, whatever that is for you? Would you describe yourself as at rest? Or, or maybe it's more accurately described as um, peace, you know, the kind of rest that we carry with us all throughout our day. Would you describe yourself as a person who is at peace? Or maybe, instead of rest and peace, you're much more familiar with the feelings of stress, or angst, or fear, or worry. I mean, we, we all know these feelings really well, right? You've, 
you've experienced these before, right? I mean, you're, you're from earth. These are, these are uh, things that you've, you've experienced before. Like, maybe look at your neighbor and say, hey, I am not an alien. I am familiar with these feelings. I'm serious. Yeah, look at your neighbor and say, I am not an alien. I am familiar with these feelings. Angst, <laughs> worry, fear. Like, some of your neighbors were worried and wondering, like, I don't know that they are from earth. But the truth is that we're all familiar with those feelings. And and maybe we know the feelings of, of, of rest and, and, and relief and freedom. And, I, and I, I think we've all experienced those things before. But I think the truth is, is that, that we rarely feel those things. And that when we do feel those things, relief and, and, and um, rest and, and peace and, and freedom, when we feel those things, they don't really last that long, do they? It doesn't take very long before the noise of life just kind of invades you and kind of steals away that rest, steals away that freedom, steals away that peace. You see, when God commands us to Sabbath, when he, when he puts that into the, the order of how our lives are supposed to be lived, when he says you are supposed to be a people of rest, and, and when he promises rest, he's talking about more than sleep. It's about more than taking proper breaks throughout your day and week. It's about more than a day once a week that we set aside. You see, Sabbath is a lifestyle. Sabbath is a 24-7 lifestyle. Rest is a lifestyle, a 24-7 lifestyle. It's a discipline. It's a posture. It's a promise to us. But the truth is that we rarely experience it, right? It's hard to experience. And, and then we're left wondering what is wrong. Like rest has been a promise from God to us, but then we don't experience and we're like, okay, what's wrong? What's wrong with us or, 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 or what's wrong with God? We are a stressed out society. It's just completely true. We are a stressed out society, and that does not disclude the church. Christians are some of the most stressed out people I have ever met. Some of you are in this room right now. I met you, and I said, you're one of the most stressed out people I've ever met. Um, I won't tell you who you are, but you're in here. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we are stressed out to the max. We have so much noise going on in our life that we rarely find rest. And I know there are a million different factors to why we struggle to find rest. You all have your lists. If we were here to sit down and write out the things that steal rest away from us, there wouldn't be enough paper in the room. There just wouldn't. And so there are all sorts of factors that go into why we don't find rest, but I believe that our physical, mental, and spiritual rest, our physical and mental and spiritual well-being and our peace is based completely on our ability to do two things. Our rest is completely based on our ability to hear God, to hear God, and to see Jesus clearly. And the truth is, is that we rarely take the time to foster and cultivate our ability to hear and see from the one we need to see and hear the most. In fact, I believe we're doing the opposite of that. I believe that we just continue to pile on noise and distractions. You see, we are a culture that has something going on during everything we do. Like we have music going on, we have TV, we have phones. 
Anybody have one of these smartphones? Like our phones today literally have more sophisticated technology than I feel like NASA did in the 60s. Like I feel like we could launch space shuttles with this thing. And don't get me wrong, I love my phone. I love my phone. I look at it like every five minutes, if not every three minutes. And every time I get a buzz, there's kind of this like anxious, like I'm so excited who just liked my Instagram. And (laughs) I love my phone, don't get me wrong, but I also hate it. This phone is literally one of the curses of my life. I wish I could throw it out the window, but then I would probably have a nervous breakdown. (laughs) The truth is we have embraced so many distractions in our life and we're addicted to noise. We're addicted to media. We're addicted to just distraction. Some of us can hardly unplug at all. And we, we, we're a culture that's embraced these things that have distracted us. I have music going on all day. There's never a time in my day where there's some quiet or stillness. Just being honest. I always have something going on. I don't find silence until that moment that I'm about to go to sleep. And we are a people, just the fact that you're in this place, we are a people who desperately want to hear from God. There's a reason that you came today. There's a reason that you entered into this church because some part of you wants to hear from God. You want to see Jesus, and we want Jesus to guide our lives. We want answers. We want revelation. We want fresh truth. But when we don't get it, we're left wondering why. Why does God feel so distant? Why do I feel like I can't hear God? Why do I feel like my, my, my life doesn't really have a clear path because I feel like God isn't guiding me the way that I feel like Scripture tells me he should? Where are my steps leading? We're just kind of a generation that's lost. And so I want to jump into a story in Scripture in 1 Kings 19. 11 through 13. Who's got your Bibles? Who has Bibles in the house? And if your Bible is glowing, we're excited about that. That's okay. <laughs> so if you have your Bibles, go to 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. P.S. If you don't have a Bible and, and you want one and you need one, please let us know. We will get a Bible into your hands. So like, come and find anybody with, with a uh, fathom thing on. We'll get you a Bible. Um, just a little bit of background on the story before we read. We're, 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 we're We're about to go into a story about this guy, Elijah, and um, he's just kind of gone through this really intense experience where um, there's, there's drought in the land. There's, there's been no rain, and, 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 and all of the prophets of God of Israel have been killed by a woman named Jezebel. And so what happens here is, is there's, there's this divided kingdom. There, there are people who have stayed devoted to God, but it's kind of a smaller number. And then there's, there's a large mass of people that have begun to worship a god called Baal. And there's, there's these two warring gods, and, and so, so Elijah comes, and, and he challenges the prophets of Baal, and he says, okay, let's put this to the test. You say your God is bigger than my God. Your God is greater than my God. Let's put it to the test, and he comes up with a plan. He says, okay, we're both going to build altars. We're both going to sacrifice an ox. We're going to put it on the altars. And he says, okay, prophets of Baal, what I want you to do is I want you to go first, Cry out to your God to send fire down from heaven to light your altar. And if that happens, we'll all worship your God because he's real. So the prophets of Baal, they begin to do this, and they begin to, they begin to cry out to their God, and they're, they're, they're begging for fire to come down. They're begging for fire to come down, and ultimately they, they want rain. 
Because they're, they're a society that is dying because of a drought. And so the prophets, they cry out, and they cry out, and nothing's happening. And then Elijah, he's kind of just poking fun at him, and he starts to make fun of him. He's like, why don't you guys scream louder? It doesn't seem like anyone's listening. And then the prophets of all, they begin to cut themselves. They begin to cry out more, and they begin to do crazy things to try to get their God's attention. But nothing happens. And then Elijah, he's got his altar, and then he, he commands servants to come and pour water all over his altar all over his altar, and so much water that it begins to fill the trenches to make it harder to light. But also, they're in a drought. I mean, so think about that. He's taking the most precious resource that they have, and he's pouring it on the altar. Then he asks God. He said, God, make yourself known. And fire from heaven comes down and just lights the, lights the altar, and, and everyone sees who the true God is, the God of Elijah, the God of Israel. And so all the people, they, they begin to, they just realize, okay, this is the right God. And then uh, Elijah says, okay, like, destroy all the prophets of all. And so they, they kill all of those prophets. And, and then word gets to Jezebel what has happened. And, and, and Jezebel says, Elijah, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take your life like I have taken the lives of all the other prophets. You are going to die if it's the last thing I do. And then Elijah, in a moment where he kind of forgets who he is. And he kind of forgets his identity, and he, and he forgets his destiny. And just, just, a, just a commercial for you guys, we're about to launch into a series next week called Names, a series on identity and destiny, and, and, and it's going to be huge. I've been wanting to preach this series for over two years about, so don't miss it. That's just a little commercial for you. But Elijah, he's kind of forgotten who he was. He's forgotten his identity. He's forgotten his destiny, and he runs for his life, and he finds himself underneath a tree, and, he, and he's, he's just stressed out to the max, and he's in despair, and he says, God, just take my life. Just kill me. Just kill me. And I feel like God's just super confused. And he's like, hey, do you remember when I just showed up and sent fire from heaven and just proved that I am the God who is real? But, but Elijah, he's stressed out. He doesn't get it. So God sends him into the wilderness, 40 days. And then the word comes to Elijah, and he says this to Elijah. The Lord said, go well, Elijah finds a cave out in the wilderness. He's in the cave, and here's what the Lord says. Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And this is, this is a huge story. And, and honestly, you could just spend an entire series or sermon just on God's question, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? Like I said, Elijah had forgotten who he was. He lost sight of his identity and his, his destiny, and he was, he was running for his life, and he, and he forgot who had his back. But today, I don't, I don't, I don't want to focus on that question. I don't even really want to focus on the story of Elijah. Really, we're just going to be kind of topical here on two words. And today, I want to focus in on these two words, and it's just simply gentle whisper. 
And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And the literal, literal Hebrew here, is, it's, it's, it means a voice or a noise or a thin silence. A thin silence. You see, God does not reveal himself in the huge spectacle of the fire. He doesn't show up in a way that you would think he would in a fire or in, or in an earthquake or in wind that like rocks, rocks. He shows up in a gentle whisper. He reveals himself in the stillness. He reveals himself in the stillness. And Elijah here in the cave, he's stressed out to the max. He's at the point of his life where he is despairing that he wants God to just take his life away. He is ready to give up. And then God comes and shows himself in the stillness. He reveals himself to Elijah in a gentle whisper. And, and, I, and I believe the truth for us today is that we will not find real rest with ourselves and in our life until we begin to hear God and see Jesus clearly. You see, I believe that God is continuously, consistently communicating to us. I just think we're too distracted to hear him. I think we're too distracted to notice him. You see, I believe that God is completely and wholly present with us. That he is completely and 100% present with you right now. But the truth is, I just think we're too distracted to experience him. Anytime I used to need God to kind of show up in my life, I would would always pray a prayer kind of like, God, I need your presence. I need you to come, Lord. I need you to come and invade my life. I need your presence right now. Where are you? And there was this time about a few years ago where I was praying this, and I was praying, God, I need you. I need your presence to be here. Where are you? I need you. And I felt like the Spirit spoke to me, and I felt like the Spirit corrected me. And he said, I am always with you. I am always 100% with you. And I felt him say this, it is not my presence that is lacking. It's your awareness that is lacking. It's not his presence that is lacking in your life. It is your ability to cultivate an awareness that is lacking in your life. And I know how you guys do because I do it too. You know, like we need to hear from God. We need direction. And we pray and we say, God, I need you to show up. I need you to show me the way. I need you to give me the answers. And then immediately as you pray that, you have 10 different noises coming at you. You say, God, I desperately need to hear you in this situation. And then you've got media coming at you. You've got visual noise. Maybe you have kids or maybe you've got work just flooding your life. And it's kind of like this, you're asking God and you're saying, God, I really need to hear you. I really need to hear you right now. And you said, okay, now I'm going to listen. And you don't hear him and you don't understand why. And you say, God, I need to hear you. I need to see you. I need, to, I need you to guide me. And you're just doing this. That's what it's like. That's what we're doing When we say, God, I need to hear from you, but we never take the time to cultivate stillness. We never make the sacrifice to cultivate quietness in our life. And you wonder why you haven't heard from God. And you wonder why God feels so distant. And you wonder why you can't seem to find rest in your life. 
Don't get me wrong. I believe that God can speak and break through the noise. He does it all the time. Sometimes God will just come in and he'll silence all the voices and he'll invade your life and he'll speak to you. He does it all the time. But I believe that it doesn't have to be the struggle that it has become for us to hear from God. You see, I believe God is always wanting to talk to us. I believe he's always wanting to show us things. But he's waiting for us to turn the volume down. He's waiting, us, waiting for us to look up from our screens. He's waiting for us to listen, to turn off our phones, to turn off the TV, to turn down the noise. He's saying, come, let me give you rest. Let me guide you. Let me show you what a life of rest looks like. But we're too distracted to even hear his call. I believe God honors postures. I believe he honors postures. And, and, and we need to be a people who learn how to embrace a posture of quiet, a posture of stillness. If you integrate a posture of quietness and stillness, I'm convinced that God will meet you in the stillness. I uh, did this a while back. There was a few months ago. I was, I was on a long drive, and I was just really needing to hear from God. I found myself in this situation where I just I didn't know what to do. Just straight up had no idea what to do, and I needed to hear from God. And so I'm driving this long drive, and I just said, God, you know what? I need to hear from you, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to embrace this posture of stillness and quietness. And so I turned off the radio, and that's hard for me, y'all. Being honest, very hard for me. So I turned off the radio and I said, God, I'm going to do the rest of this drive in silence. I'm going to sacrifice here. It seems seemingly small, but it's a difficult thing for us to do. And so I just said, I'm going to, I'm going to drive in quiet. Drove from Jacksonville to Tennessee in silence. Super awkward and long drive. But as soon as I did that, within the hour, within the hour I had two people call me. Two people, uh, friends of mine that, that, that I haven't really connected with in a long time. There's one girl that I, I did a bike trip with, you know, we're just kind of acquaintances. And she just kind of sent me a text and said, hey, God told me that I needed to tell you this. And it was just a simple affirmation and it was just a simple thing that just kind of pointed me in the direction that I needed to go. Within a half an hour of that text, I get a phone call from my good friend Mallory. And she says, hey, Jess, I was just praying and I just felt like, I felt like I needed to call you, and I felt like God wanted me to tell you this, and this is what I'm praying over your life. And I was just so amazed by simply saying, God, I'm going to turn off the radio. I'm going to embrace this posture of stillness, of silence as I drive down the road, and, and, and something happened. God met me in the stillness, and he honored my posture. And he had two people out of the blue contact me and tell me exactly what I needed to hear. And the rest of that drive, I just felt this presence of God with me. And I just felt a new found peace that I did not have before. The kind of peace that passes all understanding. The kind of peace that just doesn't make sense. And I found it because I embraced a posture of silence. We've got to learn how to do that. And it'll be some of the hardest things you ever do is simply pressing the off button. 
simply saying no to some things. It's going to be a challenge, but, but, but Jesus is waiting for you. This is something Jesus had to do all the time. Scripture says that Jesus, he would often consistently go off and he would retreat and he would go be alone. And he would go and find quiet so that he could commune with the Father. You see, Jesus and God, he wants a relationship with you. Like a real relationship with you. He wants to daily commune with you. I mean, what kind of relationships would you have in your life if you just always had noise going on? Like what kind of marriage would you have if you just never turned the TV off? What kind of friendship would you have? What kind of friend would you be if you never put down your phone? What kind of relationships would you have if you just consistently had media going on? Come on, somebody. You guys, you guys squirming yet? I know, you, I know this is hitting you because I am guilty of it. This is one of those messages that I'm going to have to podcast this week just to remind myself that I need to turn off the noise. It'll be some of the hardest things you ever do. But now if you come, man, I'm closing. What kind of relationship would you have if you never turned off the noise? It's exactly the same with God. What kind of relationship can you have with God if, you just, if you're always talking or if noise is just always flooding your mind and you can never really hear from him? God's waiting for us to listen. I believe that God has so much to say to you and he has so much to show you. He's just waiting for you to look up. He's just waiting for you to press the off button, to turn the volume down. You see, because when we begin to hear God, and then we begin to see Jesus clearly, we understand who we are. You see, God, the relationship that he has with us is that God's kind of like our definer. He, he defines who we are, and he, and he gives us our identity, and he, and, he, and, he, and he directs us, and he guides us. But when we're so distracted from the person that defines us, we forget who we are, and we lose sight, and then we just, there's all this stress that comes in, and, and all of this stuff, and, and we just, we're a people that walk around all day stressed out, worried, so unsure about where our life is going, and, and we just can't find that rest. But God is, God is here and he's waiting to just speak to you and say, hey, remember who you are. Remember who I am and what I've done for you. I'm the God of the universe. I'm the God that when you call and you need me to show up and send fire from heaven, I'll do it. I'm a very real and alive God. And I have things that I want to show you. And I, and I, and I, I have places I want to take you. But you need to listen. You need to listen. I'm here. I'm face to face with you. Open your eyes. Open your ears. Turn down the volume. I have places I want to take you. Ah, I'm so guilty. I am so guilty. And I blame God all the time for not showing up. But maybe it's me who isn't looking up. Guys, God is present here. I don't know, I don't know what he wants to communicate to you, but I know he wants to communicate with you.
I don't know what he wants to tell you. I don't know where he wants to take you, but he has plans for you. Wild, wild plans for you. There's a song I love, and it just says, I can't remember how it goes. It's a song where it just says, your life is going to be full of me, and it's going to be wild. And that's the kind of life that God wants you to live. He has plans to prosper you. He has plans to give you peace. He has plans to prosper you so that you can live above the par. God wants to take you places that you never thought were possible. But you simply have to look up. You've got to turn the volume down. You've got to turn the volume down. So are there people in this room? Are you in this room and you need to hear from God? Let me see your hands. If you need to hear from God, you need him to point you in a direction. I want you to stand up. You just raise your hand. I want you to stand up. I want you to do like we did earlier in the service, and I want you to hold your hands out like this. But now I feel just, we're going to be in silence for just a moment. And we're just going to sit in the stillness for a moment. And what I want you to do is you stand here with open hands. I want you to just say, God, right now, I am going to embrace the stillness. And I need you to show up. Make me aware of you. We're just going to sit like this for a moment. It's, it's not a magic trick. I mean, a minute of silence with your hands open, you're not going to hear God's booming voice. Maybe you did. And I pray that you heard something. I pray that you experienced something. But it's, it's a discipline. It's a posture that you have to begin to embrace. And it's a sacrifice. But God wants to tell you things and he wants to take you places. And we have to begin to be a people that learn how to foster an awareness of God. Because when we hear Jesus, we hear God, we begin to see Jesus clearly, radical things will begin to happen in your life. Radical things will begin to happen in our city. People will experience Jesus. You'll experience Jesus in the Spirit in ways that you never knew were possible. And all it takes is for us to just quiet down a little bit. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, I got kids. I run a company. I got bills to pay. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. I know that's what you think. <laughs> Start small. That moment when you wake up, right before all the worries of the day, just take that moment, be still. 
Just say, God, I'm busy today. But I want to see you and I want to hear you. So help me. And then just remind yourself throughout the day. Just make yourself aware. Moments before you walk into to work, stop at the door and just say, God, let me be aware of your presence today. Or moments before you make phone calls or before you put the kids down, just take moments to say, God, I want to see you. I want to hear you. He'll meet you. I promise he will meet you. He is faithful to meet us when we need him the most. Our God is faithful. And maybe there are people in this room today that say, I don't even know what you're talking about. Who's this Jesus? You don't even know that rest. Let me tell you something. God loved you so much that he sent his son down to this earth to live among us and to walk among us. When we were broken and we had no hope of being in the presence of God, he sent his son to rescue us. And his son Jesus, he died on the cross. He died on the cross so that you could know God and that you could be forgiven. But the story doesn't stop there. Three days later, he was risen from the dead and he is victoriously alive today and he desperately wants a relationship with you. So if you want to know that, Jesus, today's the day. Today is the day to make that decision to say, I want to know the Jesus who gives me rest. I want to know the Jesus who loves me and guides me and takes care of me no matter what. So if you want to know that Jesus, all you got to do is say, God, I want to know you. I want to experience you. And he will meet you there in that moment. In a little bit, we're going to come and take communion, and there's going to be people in the back corner who would love to pray with you. I'm going to be back there. If you made that decision today, if you say, I want to follow Jesus for the first time today, I want to experience that rest, come back there and tell me. Come find me, okay? Okay. I love you guys more than you know.